0: Let's pray. Father, help us to know our place in you at all times. May we have a attitude of Christ first. And may we come before your presence humbly in truth and in spirit. You truly are our peace and our joy. We worship you, Father. And we thank you for this great gift called faith that you've given us. And we thank you for your continued mercy and grace upon us. May your strength and healing be upon our brothers and sisters who are sick today. And may you comfort them. May you guide them. and May you continue to give them peace. We think about our brother whose wife is in hospice right now but yet has a great faith that inspires. And I pray that this inspiration would speak to our hearts and minds today, that you would be glorified. We pray for the prayer requests that were made. Brad C40 on Gab prays for safe travels during a long road trip. Pink prays for healing in a little toe. It's double the size It got caught in the carpet and they are even praying for their little toe. Lord, you tell us to bring all things before you, even our little toes. And I believe you hear our prayers because that's how mighty you are, God. Our father, I am a free person on gabsis for a friend named Margie who has cancerous a cancerous kidney. And that's going to be removed in 2 days. And they asked at our fellowship would bring this request before your throne, our almighty God, for a speedy and quick recovery. Free speech czar elect Kragok on Gab asks that their family be put on this prayer list because they have a lot to work to get done. They're not feeling well, and it's very cold where they're at, so God help them. God help them all. May your peace be with them. May your will be done in their lives. We're going to start off in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So here we find our place, and that is the title of today's episode Our Place. You can look at that video. It's posted on my YouTube page. It's linked on my Gab page. And then I get replies from people such as Aharm1611 on Gab. Says, hi there. I recently found this group on Gab. I have a question regarding repentance. Could you make a short or post about repentance? And so I made this video in reply because I, I keep repeating myself. Uh, gladly so, because I'm so thankful for this understanding that God has given me concerning this great gift of faith. And he says, from my understanding of reading the word of God, we do not have to repent of sins for salvation. This is why I need to put together Such videos, this is why I must continue to preach the word of God. And I'll refer you back to this video because it's clear and concise. I can't make it any clearer. And this is why I know it's by the spirit of the living God who opens our eyes. Because you're not going to convince anybody concerning this free gift unless the spirit opens their eyes and they see the glorious gospel. I told this brother, I said, I know where you're coming from because I see the 1611 in your username. I know that you think that you're defending the faith and faith alone. But I'm here to tell you, so am I. I know it's by faith alone. I can't make it any clearer nor can scripture in complete context, belief, repentance and works are manifestations of the gift of God called faith thus leaving salvation all of God through Christ. Some people get it though. A dear sister in Christ by the name of Melanie on Gab says, I find it amazing that anyone would question the need for repentance. It is the realization of our sinful nature, the holiness of God and fear of him that drives repentance and the request for mercy and forgiveness. She goes on to say, without repentance, I have not recognized my own nature. And without that, cannot know my need for a savior. Amen, sister. That is clear and concise. But many are blinded and they are caught up in denominational talking points and semantics instead of Holy Spirit common sense that flows from the word of God. And guess who had the same issue? pharisees pharisees had these same issues that blinded them so yes your belief your repentance and your works are not yours they're not yours all of these things flow from the gift of god called faith because our righteousness is as a filthy rag isaiah 64 6 but we are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags and we do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Therefore, all of salvation is of the Lord or none of it is salvation, my friend. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Do you believe? Do you repent? And do you work for the glory of God? And what I'm trying to get us to understand is this faith this gift of faith that Abraham had there is a reason we are called the faith seed of Abraham because where we it's in this faith seed that we find unquestionable faith and it's no doubt that Abraham's faith grew to this point and I don't know of too many who can match his level a level that he would bring his his only son to a sacrifice at his own hands. So not only does God gift us this faith, it grows like a tree. Is your faith growing? Genesis twenty-two one through three. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. Let's look at that faith my grace friends should we not respond when god speaks to our heart mind and soul here i am lord no matter what it is no matter what he says no matter where he tells us to go no matter what he tells us to experience no matter how hard it is here i am lord i'm in the fight i'm ready to go And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee in the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. He didn't even have all the details. He just obeyed. He knew that God would reveal each step along the way. And you may be in that position right now in your life asking, Lord, why am I here? And I'm here to tell you, let your faith grow. Let it sprout. Trust in him for that next step. KJR 0305 says, interestingly, my family asked me to explain how good, how God could ask such a sacrifice. Now, I have to admit that I struggled with this passage, he says. I understand the point, but my daughter asked me if I would have obeyed such a command, and honestly, I don't know. Either do I. I can only hope to have this level of faith, but God knew Abraham's faith. God knew that Abraham trusted in him. Therefore, God put him to the test. And it was a test to show forth a shadow of what was to come in Christ. So yes, it wasn't for nothing. Abraham seen much death throughout his entire life. And most likely thought if the Lord wants to take my son out of the world, so be it. I have no clue what went through his mind. All I know is that he obeyed. Abraham knew whatever the plan of God was. It was best concerning his life. He was given this child at at 100 years old. And the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And there's no doubt that Abraham knew this truth. And he had great faith. And besides, my friend, KJR 0305, you will find that many of these same people who ask this question who question this faith of Abraham concerning Isaac will not ask why the father sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. Why are they not so much concerned of this? And then if it does catch their attention, it should bring us to our knees in obedience and of great faith to an almighty God who would do such. And Sykes on Gab had given a well-written response and says, one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible, not only should we think of how Abraham felt, but look at Isaac also. There was a point beforehand that Isaac came to the realization he was the sacrifice. He didn't run or try to talk Abraham out of it. He was compliant to the will of his father. The scene overall shows us the faith we must continually strive to have. Deeper down, Isaac typified Christ and Abraham, God. God did ask the sacrifice to be made, but he did not allow it to to happen. Now we look at how God gave us Christ. Can we more easily make a connection with how much pain and suffering both God and Christ went through because of Abraham and Isaac's scenario? God did not require this from humans. Nothing of this world is possible to be in Christ's place. But he did require it of his own son and followed through with it. There are even scenes where Christ multiple times asked God if his sacrifice was the only way. In Luke 22, 42 saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine, thine be done. I thought about this this week as I was on my prayer walk as many times as my wife has shed tears on behalf of our children the hurt and the pain of of rejection but yet the Lord is rejected even today as people will not gather to worship with other Christian believers they have no excuse on gab I put it out there many times where is their devotion where is their love greater love story could not be written for humanity to try and understand God's affection for us. He continues and then quotes for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He continues the requirement that we should focus on is not how he asked this of humanity, but more so what requirements were meant through his son's sacrifice grace And mercy, infinitely abundant to us through that sacrifice. Again, my friend, this is well said. It's a beautiful exposition concerning Isaac and Abraham. And how it relates to God's love for his people. Now can this faith, this gift of God, be rejected by man? Sadly, as great as it is, it can be. And here's what the rejection looks like in Matthew chapter 22 verses 1 through 6. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bid into the wedding and they would not come. So do not be surprised when people do not show up to church. They won't even come To their own savior's marriage wedding. Again he sent forth other servants saying tell them which are bidden. Behold I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all the things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Notice they they made light of it. They made light of church. They made light of this worship. They forsake the assembly of the believers and they went their own ways to scroll social media. And then you ask, is eternal damnation real? Yes, my friend. It is more real than we will ever know. And sadly, many will find it. Verses 13 and 14, Matthew 22, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and take him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. But instead of asking these types of questions, they use Isaac and they question why would God do such a thing? And they use it as a convenient excuse to forsake the house of God. So that they do not have to hear about such things as eternal damnation. You can close your ears for now, my friend. But the day of judgment is coming. Unless you repent. Nehemiah 13.11 Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Nehemiah knew our place, and that is the place of faith. And The place of this faith is found in the house of God, and so is ours. And I don't just mean within a physical building. I mean the housing that brings a body of believers together by faith. To include this Christ first hour, and the interaction that we do have on Gab throughout the week in our gospel group. And by the way, our group is for the purpose of discussing Christ first content, which is gospel content, because that's what we do there. And I doubt this applies to any of the few who are listening to this episode but this does not include spam posts across 50 groups to include gospel. It does not include to win our group members to your denomination. And that's just for starters. And some say, well, in your social media outreach, have you not posted in uh, multiple groups in multiple places? Of course I have. And if it gets booted because it's not on topic, so be it. But I'm going to drop a bomb where I can drop a bomb. And and maybe, maybe these antichrists think the same. Maybe these opposers think the same. Okay, drop your bomb. You just get booted from the group. I respect if I get booted. And you need to, too. And maybe, anyways, maybe I should start reconsidering casting pearls before the swine anyways. The point is, I know the risk and I don't get offended. Neither should you. So stay on topic. That is Christ first. I saw a post recently in our group from an Orthodox Christian that said, in essence, in order for there to be unity in the church, the Christian standard cross that we see, the plain looking cross, it's got to be morphed into an orthodox cross. So of course I had to reply to such nonsense. And I told him, I said, no, sir, we do not convert to a cross on a church. We convert to the Christ of the church. And then we take up our cross as he did his and Mark 8, 35, and when he had called the people unto him with, the, with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the name shall save it. Now what I've noticed amongst the orthodox fold Is that there is a great zeal for the temple. I have no problem with this in itself. We should respect this building that is erected for the glory of God. Just be sure that this zeal does not supersede the Christ. Because we read about this supersession much in scripture and it's called idol worship. Do not make... A church an idol. And I'll tell you this if you challenge our group with anything other than Christ first content, do expect a reply. And I will do my best to rebuke you in the love of Christ. But if you are kind and if you are gracious, expect the same in return. Because respect is a two-way street, brothers and sisters in Christ this same orthodox brother he does have some good content and he does have some good posts he had also posted in our group which i did like it says gab has made me keenly aware of how many unitarians there are amongst the protestant masses be it the fair-sake Jews Islam or anti-trinitarian Christians denying Jesus Christ his proper place in their hearts and the fact that he was crucified For, seems to remain at the means to or, or see uh, that he remained crucified seems to remain top priority for satan within these groups he says and i replied yes he that denies the son denies the father first john 2 22 who is a liar but he that denied jesus is the christ he is antichrist that denied the father and the son or even another brother who presents his work in our group by the name of Vikar Anon. He says this, this brother smart. He says you inspired me to start posting more biblical content. Release my first two blog posts on them today. Links are posted in my timeline. Thanks for all you do. <laughs> so this brother smart. He comes in with respect and honor. And then he's able to refer other people to his content by in, in doing so. How, who could be offended by that? So this brother's smart, and I'll tell you this concerning our group: we do not have to agree on everything. For instance, taxes came up in our reading this past week, the last couple days, and Alma says this: save yourself the headache and go ahead and pay your taxes and move on. Otherwise, needlessly bear the wrath of mammon, which will distract you from the work of the Lord. Verses 18 through 22. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why tempt you me, you hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought him a penny. And he said unto them, who is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesars. Then he said unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Well, I have I, I have more respect for these people because they heard the words of Christ. They scratched their heads and they just walked away, but not others. They defend it. But I like fellowship Paul prayer houses reply on Gabby says, I'm in full agreement with every comment. I hate the taxes. Know that they are unconstitutional, well, most of them anyway, yet I get my taxes done every year as soon as I can because I did not want to deal with the horrors that the IRS has done to others. I don't have the time, knowledge or money to fight these people and to learn the IRS and to learn that the IRS has hired at least 8,000 more people this year to try to catch small businesses specifically, I get I get them done. And I have a, pe- a tax person do it for me. Well, I'm with you, brother. A fellowship Hall Prayer House on Gab, I'm with you. He says, uh, I'd rather go to jail for speaking truth and glorifying God and speaking the gospel than for not paying taxes. But then he ends, he says, I support all those that are willing to take it the chance. And not paying their taxes, and that's what it is, my friend. It's 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 a chance that you take. Pray about it. Here, I'm gonna talk about another response here in a second, but let me address this one from Mora. Mora Maura says, "Oh yes, by all means, continue playing your part for evil." Man, I saw that, and I replied quickly, "Tell that to the Lord, you hypocrite." Tell that to the Lord. He's the one who said it, not me. Then this person replies, "You missed a comma." And then I said, "Well, it's better than missing my soul." People better wake up. And he says, "Well, pay? Are you are you saying? Are you positing to pay taxes or go to hell? No. What I'm positing is your false accusation." So get a grip already. I've stated that no one in their right mind wants to pay taxes and the Lord addresses this irritation clearly. So you can go ahead and false accuse the Lord too while you're at it with the rest of the world because that's what the world does. All I got to say is this, my Christian friends. If you've never conversed with another Christian or, or just another person in general... It is unwise to begin your conversation with false accusation. Word to the wise. Now here's a good brother in Christ. Now he replies this, he took the other stance. He says I stopped paying taxes in the last couple of years. The government wastes most money they bring in that's people's hard earned wages. No more, he says. They donate millions to evil foundations. They do ridiculous feasibility studies that cost millions. They bomb innocent countries, killing innocent women and children. Enough of this crap. He says taxes were supposed to be a temporary measure after the war. I'm Christian and I don't support evil or the evil system. Enough is enough. I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more. Now this is a good brother in Christ. He didn't mean any disrespect in his response at all to what I said or what I quoted from the word of God. And I told him, I said, I feel your pain, brother. And so does the Lord. But there is a reason he said what he said. I told him, if you still feel the same after praying about it and you end up in prison, maybe it is because the Lord wants you there. Maybe there's some Christ work to be done in the prison. Because I know of a Christian who did 10 years in prison for not paying his taxes. But yet, guess what? He has a testimony from it. He says that he got closer to the Lord. And he was a great witness in prison. So all I know is this. Just do what the Lord would have you to do. Because God's ways are not our ways. I believe Minecraft Moratus alludes to this in his response when he says, God has convicted me to do harder things than some other Christians. Assumably for my own good and towards his will. I imagine that he has also convicted yet more Christians to do even harder things than I am for the same purposes. Yeah, so all I'm telling you is what the Lord says, my friends. He told us how to respond to mammon. He even said to make friends with Mammon because he knew the necessity, the necessities of this life. But you pray about it. And if you don't want to pay your taxes, do not be surprised when you land up in prison. But if you're in prison and you prayed about it, then God has you there for a reason. So drive on. D here on Gab says this verse is very confusing to me. I get what you're saying. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking God made it all. So who is man to impose taxing on other men? The man who coveted the earth is who imposes and receives percentages from other men for his coveting. I'm probably backwards in my thought and looking for a tax loophole. And that's what it is, my sister. Here's a good sister in Christ. Deep down in our heart of hearts, we're looking for tax loopholes because most do not have any problems paying taxes for their entertainment equipment that they buy at Walmart and everywhere else. They pay taxes then. So this is always about loopholes and convenience. It's just our nature. And I told her, I said, we all hate taxes. And I, I, I sense the irritation in the tone of Jesus Christ, our Lord, when he responded to the hypocrites. Because best believe his family paid taxes. And I don't think he liked it at all. I don't believe that Jesus was condoning condoning Rome. He was giving a response on how we are to respond to a wicked government that enslaves and oppresses. In other words, he knew that mammon is just paper. And in in essence says, if they want their paper back, just give it to them. Because as for you, you have a soul and you are building treasures in heaven. Where it cannot be stolen and where it does not rust. As a Christian, taxes bother me. My view, it is a coveting by a party of bureaucracy. Brother Andrew, thank you for this great explanation, even though I still hate taxes. Thanks for letting me know Jesus Christ, too, did not like them and let them have their paper. Good advice. And this is coming again from our good sister and Christ friend, D here. So I told her that we are tracking. Scott, on Gab replies, just moving on implies the government can create whatever tax they want and we should just accept it. Not true. If it is against the word or law, then it is to be opposed. Most taxes are double taxation illegal anyway. Wages are taxed and taxes on everything you buy using the same money you were just paid with. It's a tax upon tax upon tax, not a godly structure. Don't even get me started on property taxes, which was which was meant as one-time tax at the purchase of the property. I don't think the Lord meant for people to lose their homes for not paying a $100 tax bill. That means you never truly own your home even if it's paid off. So I feel your pain, Scott. We live in a broken world. Why are people, why are children raped? We live in an evil, disgusting world that needs Jesus Christ the Lord. And that's what I'm here to preach today and no one shows up. But this was in our reading and therefore it is game for respectful discussion. So either you discuss gospel content in our scheduled Bible reading in our group or you will be removed from our group. There are a few exceptions to post soundly and peacefully in our group. But that's at the sole discretion of our moderators. And I trust them to make prayerful decisions if someone must be removed from the group. If you want to appeal it, send me an email. gospel.pm.me Now this brings us to our reading in Matthew 23, 15. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he has made you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Not my group, you're not. Not in the gospel group, you're not. Why do we have to monitor such things? Because there are sanctified, not so much, snipers that are always looking to commit fratricide and to cause harm to our Christ-first movement. They never have anything nice to say. They are not concerned about your walk with Christ. All they do is lie in wait to snipe you for your faults and to wait for you to trip over your own words. Jesus said in verse 24, "You blind guides, which strain at a net and swallow a camel." They do not care about souls such as Stephanie, who pens in the book that I'm reading, "Out of the Darkness" by Ryan Stevens, his wife, who went through a horrible circumstances of childhood, but yet kept her faith in God. She says, "During these awful times throughout my childhood." I could always feel God, my father, in my life, ramping me in his protection. Even though I had to endure abuse and awful circumstances, he walked beside me the whole time and helped me as a protector of my siblings to speak truth to our troubles. Through Christ, I learned early the differences in right and wrong and just treatment of others. It was through these circumstances that the Lord God Almighty was molding and shaping. And that's what he does. He molds and he shapes. He told Abraham to bring Isaac as a sacrifice to mold him and shape him. To make him the father, a father of faith. And here, our dear sister in Christ speaks of her molding and shaping as she was able to have great empathy and respect for others concerning what is just and what is wrong. As she quotes Psalm 68:5, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is is God in his holy habitation. And speaking of gnats, I had just sent another preaching feat for a new song that Big John is working on. And I can't wait for all the gnat slayers to jump on this one. I can't wait. Richard Ike on Gab says the fault-finding spirit of the Pharisees. and You can call it the sermon or whatever you want, but I could smell these gnat slayers from a mile away who attempt to violate our, our, our space. Our Christ-first space. By God's grace, and if my eyes see it and our moderators see it, we're not going to allow it. Verse 28 even so you you also outwardly appear righteous unto men but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. I'm not interested in your in your in your showmanship. You either be transparent before almighty God and your fellow brethren or go somewhere else with your show. D here on Gab says I have a spidey sense of these folks too. We sure are the shining the light on a lot of these false prophets lately, brother. God help us, that's all I have to say. May we humble ourselves before His almighty throne. May we see the errors of our own ways. And then may we point out the errors of others. But we do not need to hang onto these violators. We need to consider them much like the dead. Today we read about this in 28 through 30. We'll come back to 28 through 30 because it looks like I skipped my verse on this. Oh yeah, here it is. Genesis 23, 4. I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a possession of of a burying place with you that i may bury my dead out of my sight so these violators get as much respect as the dead bury them mourn them and then move on bury them mourn them and move on and speaking of death sometimes my wife and i we have a conversation cuz i used to get jealous while thinking about my wife marrying another man after my death. But in our reading today, or yesterday, in verse 28 through 30 in Matthew 22, therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto him, you do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are are as the angels of God in heaven. So I don't need to be jealous. And two, I do want her to be happy after my death. So if it's the Lord's will for her to remarry, so be it. And this is the attitude that we need to have concerning life, this life because we are sojourners. And our place in Christ goes with us wherever we go. We are mobile. And here at the Soldier Sanctuary, we are life fighters. Verse 4, I am a stranger. Genesis 23. I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a possession of a burying place with you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Exactly. What we need to do, my friends, is wipe and flush it, which brings us to religious toilet paper. In verse 5 through 9, But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their philanthropy their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men rabbi rabbi but be not you called rabbi for one is your master even Christ and all are you all you are brethren and call no man your father upon the earth for one is your father which is in heaven and it's here that I find that toilet paper has more worth than the religious titles of men. Now, grant you, out of respect that I have had for my Orthodox priest friends, I have addressed them with Father in their title before, because I understand their intent to have a title that reflects their spiritual mentorship for their flocks. However, I mostly avoid it, and I do my best to address these brethren as brother. Why? Because these men that I have known and have gotten to know have had a humble spirit. Because if they didn't have this humble spirit, they wouldn't even get a brother from me. Those who I would not even call brother have no clue what leadership 101 is. No clue what leadership 101 is. Verse 11 and 12. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. So no wonder the failed leadership of the religious despised Christ in word and in deed, because they had no clue what leadership 101 is about. And all I have to say is you could despise the king of kings if you want, but Jesus does not play. He doesn't play your games. Verse 13-14 through But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer you them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Ian Crossland had made a post on Gab said, great people compliment people. And that, and that what makes them great. And that's what that one brother in Christ understood as he was referring people to his content. He understood this, comp, this, this concept. But I will add to that. Great people do not compliment themselves. That's what makes them humble. And we ought to humble ourselves before our Almighty God. Romans 7:24, "O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death?" And then of course, John 3:30, "He must increase, but I must decrease." It's one of the reasons I do like to stick and move on social media. It's one of the reasons that I like to stay in the shadows. Because I understand people don't care what your name is anyways. So I changed most of my accounts to Christ first. Because he is first. And he is why I do what I do. But I've been accused of being super religious. By family, friends, and acquaintances in the same respect. But whatever that means. Because there is no such thing. All of us are in need of continual repentance. And I suppose that those of us who acknowledge this truth, accept it, and practice it are the ones that are classified as super religious. My wife has even been accused of being a holy roller, whatever that is. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm rolling for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm rolling for Jesus. Kusavani, there's a Gab user, says, uh, yeah, so take it as a compliment, I guess. Yeah, I do. It's actually become an honor uh, to receive these names, uh, whether they mean it as an honor or not. So, yeah, I agree with you. Elijah and Gab says, the majority of professing Christians have a carnal mind, and their priorities are the same as the world and not Christ. If someone wakes up at 4 a.m. to hunt... They're considered an avid hunter. If someone wakes up at four a.m. to go to work, they're considered responsible and a dedicated worker. If someone wakes up at four a.m. to pray and seek God and study the Bible, well, then they will be considered a fanatic by most of the church. Then they then they say there are no super saints. There are saints and sinners, Christians and heathens. And with that note, yesterday, or was it the day before, I said it's time to go on my prayer walk and uh, and be super religious, I guess. Roll, be a holy roller for, for Christ, whatever you want to call me. As long as it's attached to Christ, I'm happy. I'm here to tell you, my friends, these interactions are tough especially on social media. But one does not love a person until they are recruited to your church or refuse such recruitment. One loves a person until they come to know Christ and then continues to love this person as both believers endure by the gift of faith to the very end and beyond. This is the love of Christ. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I always do it right. But I want to do it right and when I fail I repent. Jesus was the leader of leaders and he didn't beat around the bush concerning all of these truths we have spoken of today. And he didn't beat around the bush when addressing these antichrists to include antichrist Israel. Neither should we. Verse 31 through 33, Wherefore be you witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill you up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? And none of this was hate. Every single word that uttered from the mouth of God was in love. And concern for these people. D here replies and says, "Not Jewish." So do Jewish Jews believe that they go to limbo and wait for the Messiah when they pass? Who designates which side of the Lake of Fire they reside? Why would they not commit sin after sin on Earth, putting false hopium or hopium. that family will pray them to the right side of the Lake of Fire? Well, my sister. The righteous captives were set free from hell. Sheol, which was the temporary boat of the righteous and the damned dead. Until Jesus completed his work on the cross. Now the damned, they're still there. And they're waiting for the white throne judgment when they will be cast into the lake of fire. But the righteous are now with the Lord. Ephesians 4.9, now that he ascended. What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He led those that were in captivity free. They are now free in Christ and with him and forever will be. We're talking about a hellfire and eternal damnation. So do not beat around the bush. To include this Tom here on Gab who says... Where do you think the Ten Commandments came from? Hint, God gave them to a Jew on Mount Sinai. I read these types of replies, and I responded to Tom and said, What is your point? This says nothing about the difference between Antichrist Israel and the Israel of God. Verse 26 through 29, Genesis 3. For you all, or Galatians, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. This faith seed in Christ, the gift of God. And it's because of this gift that we're heirs according to the promise. Tom goes on and says, my point is only idiots. And Nazis think that Jewish people are evil. Israel as a country has been a force for good since its inception in 1948. Jewish people have been leaders in medicine, science, business forever. If you have a problem with modern day banking, then thank the Knights Templars for creating it. Neither evil nor good are racially specific. They are all equal across all races. Jesus taught we are all equal before God. Yes, we are equal before God in Christ. Those who possess the gift of God. And I do not blanket curse the Jews. Neither should you blanket bless them in ignorant ignorance. And you're ignorant, my friend. If you make such statements, as only idiots and Nazis think that the Jewish people are evil, we're all evil without Christ. You need to learn the difference between Antichrist Israel and the Israel of God as the scripture points out over and over and over and over again. Separate from Antichrist Israel. Quit idolizing them and quit marrying them. Christians do not marry non-Christians. Nehemiah chapter 13 we read today. Verse 27 shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil? To transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? Then in verse 3, now it came to pass when they heard the law, when they heard the word of God, that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. But what does the Zionists do? They idolize them. And then they marry them. And thinking that by doing so, they have a blessing in doing that. When it defies the word of God. Verse 37-39. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is the Jerusalem from below, not to be confused with the Jerusalem from above. This desolate house is the Jerusalem below, which is the Antichrist headquarters of this world. The same place that so many Christians in this land idolize and worship and bow down to and even send their money to but yet complain about paying taxes at the same time. Yet you send your money to the Antichrist. To the Antichrist headquarters, no less. The church in America is in need of repentance. But thanks be to God. The second coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord, will take care of these things. But instead of making this distinction, much of the church has joined them because they cannot beat them from their deceived minds. Then you wonder why commercial Christianity exists today and why it existed then. Nehemiah did not put up with it. Verse 20 and 21, so the merchants and sellers of all kind of where lodged without Jerusalem once or twice, then I testified against them and said unto them, why lodge you about the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time came forth they no more on the Sabbath. Where's the spirit of Nehemiah in this country? Where is the spirit of Abraham who replies to the Lord each time that he calls to him and says, here I am. These men, these men who had spiritual balls, who were Christ's first men, they knew their place and they knew their service to their God and to their king. And we take notes from these men. May we respond accordingly to our God and say, here I am. You say, well, how do I know that I am indeed responding? Are you obeying the great commandment? Are you obeying the great commandment? Because it's the great commandment which is the crux of it all. In verse 36 through 40, Jesus makes this clear. As one had asked him, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Do you want to know if your response is, Here I am, Lord? Are you obeying the great commandment? And then we read in verse 41 through 46, I love this passage because it's the Lord who has spoken, because he is the authority. And it's in this passage in 41 through 46 that he declares himself as the Son of God, the same Son of God that Antichrist Israel and the Antichrist look past today. While the Pharisees were to gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think you of Christ? Whose Son is he? They say unto him, the son of David, he saith unto him, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. And I'm here to tell you, we want to point out the Pharisees, but twice already today i say i have more respect for the pharisees who would not answer him a word and not ask any more questions than those who keep on defending their theological talking points for their denomination instead of the word of god because it's what then the word of god my friend that we find rejoicing and i pray for this country I pray that our people will rejoice in the truth of the word of God once again, even here in America and then throughout the world. Verse 43. Also that day day they offered great sacrifice and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced so that the joy of the Jerusalem was heard even afar off. This rejoicing, my friend is a result of national repentance there was great repentance within the the local assemblies they bowed before almighty god they made things right they re-legislated righteousness and put away evil otherwise my friend there is no hope for a country but i'll tell you this rejoice anyways rejoice anyways Christ friends and prepare for judgment because we are in our place Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can. And support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.